Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by Audible.com. If you want to download a free audio book, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke, or just click on one of the pictures on my website that says Audible. Okay, now let's get started. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. Yes, it's time for another episode. Maybe you've been waiting by the computer all this time, sitting there, staring at the screen, just desperately hoping that a new episode would appear. Well, the, the wait is up because here it is. Uh, we're rolling again, and I'm recording another episode. I've been away for about a month. What have I been doing? Well, you know, just getting married and uh, dealing with all of that kind of thing. I'll be doing an episode of the podcast about my wedding soon. But it's been a busy time, as you can probably expect, because that's what normally happens when I disappear for a month or so. It's usually because just general life is, uh, is sort of taking precedence. Now, what's going on in this episode? Um, well, Paul Taylor is here again. Hello, Paul. Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm doing well. Good, good, good. Um, we are in familiar surroundings here because, yet again, we're sitting upstairs. Um, well, I say sitting. I'm actually standing while doing now. this. I am now. I stood up at the beginning of the episode because I felt excited suddenly to be recording Luke's English podcast again. I was like, this ha- I have to do this standing up. Exactly. You look a bit like a teacher now, like I'm sitting down and you're about to teach me some English, well, which is what we're going to do during this Maybe I podcast. will teach you some English, because as we established in the last episode that you <laughs> featured in, you don't know any, any words, <laughs> it seems. I know nothing about English. Strict, not strictly true, of course. No. I mean, obviously, you're a, a perfectly competent speaker of English. But um, what happened in the last episode that Paul featured in was that we were up here on, on the terrace in the sunshine, and... Um, we played a vocabulary game. You might have listened to that episode. It was called 10 Fixed Expressions. And I had 10 fixed expressions. And I played a game with Paul where I had to describe and define the expressions. And uh, Paul had to try and guess them. And it was interactive because you, the listeners, I invited you to uh, try and play the game with us. The aim of the game was, can you guess the expressions before Paul? Um, you might have beaten him. Some of you may have guessed more than him. By some of the comments, I think some people did beat me. Really? Yeah. Because there were a couple of expressions in there that you weren't familiar with. Maybe no. just one or two. Yeah. Um, so we will be doing that again in this episode. Um, another thing that's similar to previous episodes recently is that it's still boiling hot. It's it is. about 30-something degrees. 34 degrees, according to my Apple Watch. 34 degrees, according to the Apple Watch. And that's right, Paul is wearing an Apple Watch. I am. Um, I'd like to know about the Apple Watch. Cause yeah, I just th- twist it and then, pow, 34 degrees. You can control the temperature with your watch? Exactly. That's, uh, that's, that's one of the features, one of the many features I can control the temperature. I can control the time. I can time travel. That's Seriously? one of the features of the Apple Watch is time travel. You've got to watch out for that, though, because yeah. you, you also have to be able to control 
space. If you travel in time, you need to travel in space. Yeah, that's uh, the Apple Watch 2. Really? That's uh, one of the features. The most requested feature was to control space. So yeah. right now it's just time travel and temperature changing. Uh, the next one will be space. Okay. None of this is true, by the way, listeners, just in case you were wondering. You probably realized that. You're like, oh, I see. They're, they're just making it up for comedy purposes. Uh, maybe some of you. You've got to be careful. Some people might be going, really? The Apple Watch, you can use it to control s- space time? How do I get one? Is that why they're so expensive? That's what people might be thinking. Um, So it's another hot day and the sun is shining. And so basically what you have in this situation is two uh, partially ginger English men um, sitting in almost direct sunlight. um, And all of the drama and the comedy that ensues ensues, uh, from that situation is going to be contained within this episode of the podcast. How are you doing in terms of the sunlight today, Paul? Yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, we're under your little canopy canopy type thing, automatic shutter. Uh, Instead of it being like a vertical shutter that cuts off light from a window, it's actually horizontal. So it it goes across the patio or terrace that you have. Mm. But I'm actually... sitting right in the middle of the gap between the roof and the thing so the sun is actually in my eyes there is a slight gap there and if you sit in the wrong place then the sun will get you and uh, in fact the canopy is very nice but by about the mid-afternoon the sun dips below the the cover of the canopy and you end up getting blasted in the face by by radiation Mm. again because that's essentially what sunshine is it's basically radiation yeah that's bad yeah um and as usual, uh, my legs are fully exposed to the sunlight. Well, one leg. As usual, one leg is exposed <laughs> in the sun. I remember thinking the last one, you had one leg that was in the sun, one leg that's out of the sun. I and don't you've know. decided, because it was such a such a good recipe for a podcast, you've decided mm. to do exactly the same thing again. Basically trying to make sure the conditions are almost exactly the same as the last time we did this. <laughs> just, just, just in an attempt to replicate the quality um, quality podcast episode that we produced last time. So, okay, so Paul is here. And in this episode, we are going to do, let's call it round two of our vocabulary game. Part one of this game, as I mentioned already, was called 10 Fixed Expressions, uh, which, thinking about it now, strikes me as a slightly dull title. Mm, a little bit. Um, I mean... Considering I didn't even know what a fixed expression was. Well, that's the problem. I'm not sure that many people out there really know what a fixed expression is and I have to explain it. It would yeah. be more useful to give the episode a, a slightly more a sort of uh, accessible title mm. and slightly more engaging title because I find 10 fixed expressions, you think well, that sounds doesn't sound very exciting. It sounds like you went to a hardware store, bought 10 expressions and fixed them on the wall. Yeah, it sounds like, like a, a DIY bookshelf. sort of bookshelf. How to put up 10 fixed expressions. What we're going to be using is a butterfly joint uh, you'll need a Phillips screwdriver and some tungsten-tipped screws. Sounds like the most boring episode exactly. of the podcast. And either. you'll obviously need a guy who's called Alan who has many keys. Yeah, Alan Key. Okay. You mm. need to explain that, Paul. You can't just throw in a... Shut obscure- up. You said butterfly thing. I don't even know what a butterfly thing is. I let that slide. True. And okay. What was, did you say? A butterfly what? A, blu- a butterfly joint. Butterfly joint. But there's joint. no such thing. I made it up... Oh, did you? ...on purpose in order to make it sound... It was purposefully... Obscure, you okay. see, that was the point. All right. But anyway, an Allen key. It's a, a guy called Allen who made a key that's got five sides that you, if you've ever been to Ikea mm. uh, and you've made a bit of furniture, you will have used an Allen key to build it. It's one of those L-shaped metal things that helps you to screw things in. Sort of hexagonal 
thing that you can use to screw. If you've got a BMX bike or a bike, you'll probably have an Allen key for that as yep. well, right? Yeah, I don't know why it's called an Allen key. I think the guy who made it was called Allen. Yeah, must Allen. Oi, Allen. Yeah, that must be the uh, the solution. Um, so um, last time we did teach ten expressions, ten sort of uh, let's say fixed expressions. Yeah, you had two hundred of them to start with, yeah. and uh, we got through. T- That's right. <laughs> we got through ten. We got through ten. Um, so basically, in this episode, we're going to go through another set of uh, expressions. So we will see what the title of this episode becomes. I might call it 10 more fixed expressions <laughs> or 12 fixed expressions or something like that. We'll see. Um, so the foundation of this episode is a vocabulary game, but it's also a chance for us to mess around a bit with some examples of the vocabulary as a way of ensuring that anyone listening to this will definitely understand all of the expressions that we're going to be uh, looking at. Okay. So should we give it a different title? Maybe. Maybe we could call it Vocabulary Game with Paul Taylor number two, which also sounds a bit too sort of pragmatic and descriptive. Um, yeah. I'd, it's, that's even more boring than 10 fixed expressions. Vocabulary Game with Paul Taylor number two. Um, anyway, I'll think of something. It has to be, you see, the point is the title has to be descriptive enough, but not so descriptive that it becomes sort of boring. Should be teaching Paul Taylor English. How to, <laughs> yeah, t- yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, essentially, we're going to go through some more fixed expressions and we're going to play the same game uh, that we did before. Uh, the rules of the game are that I have uh, a number of fixed expressions in my hand. Um, where do these expressions come from? Well, uh, recently on Facebook, I asked uh, followers of Luke's English Podcast to send me their favourite phrases. And I got inundated with phrases. Uh, some of them I've already dealt with on the podcast before. I've taught them previously. So uh, that will be like a review, a review of those uh, phrases that you might have heard before. And other ones are just uh, phrases that appeal to my listeners. And I've been through the list. I cut out some of the ones I think aren't that frequently used. And so the result is I've got something in the region of 200 uh, phrases. And I'm slowly going through them in episodes of the podcast. Uh, if you want to see that list of 200, you'll have to go through the history of my Facebook page. Uh, or just be patient because slowly but surely, all of those phrases will uh, find their way into episodes of Luke's English Podcast. For example, in games like this. Yeah, and by, by 20... 63, the year 2063, we will have gone through all 200 of these phrases. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, step by step, you know, this you can't le- you can't expect to learn all 200 in just one go. Well, you? learning a language is, takes a long time, you know, it's not just an instantaneous thing. So, yeah, you've got to be patient. Yeah, step by step, that's the that's the thing. Don't don't you know? Uh, don't bite off more than you can chew. Oh, there we go. There's an expression. expression number one. Ding, ding, ding. 200 that, points. That's not on the list that I just came up with that one. Yeah. Bite you've off heard, more than you can chew. You've heard that before, right? Yeah. I've heard that uh, from many previous ex-girlfriends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? But uh, yeah. Bite off more than you can chew just means that you shouldn't uh, expect or I guess expect more than you can actually. Uh, yeah. I'm trying don't to. Don't try and be too ambitious. It's like don't try and achieve more than that's you're a much able better way to achieve. That's yeah. Um, it's the, it's the Luke teacher's definition. Yeah, that's a better d- definition of, of what I was trying to do. If you were coming, if you were coming from the US and you were coming on a trip in Europe, 
uh, and you're only spending one week in Europe, mm. uh, and let's say as the US person, you might be like, oh, I want to visit Paris, France, Rome, Italy, Barcelona, Spain, you have to add Madrid, the, Spain, you have to add the country as Edinburgh, well. Scotland. <laughs> you might be like, well, you don't want to bite off more than you can chew because yeah. you're only here for one week. So maybe visit two or three cities. You don't need to visit, you know, 12 different cities. That's, yeah. That would be biting off more than you can chew. Exactly. Very good example, Paul. Exactly. Don't try and be over ambitious. You can't achieve, you can't manage to see every city in Europe in just a week. So just it's probably best to just sort of scale it down a bit. Equally, you can't expect necessarily to learn 400 words in just one episode of a podcast. So scale it down a bit. Don't be uh, over ambitious. And I should say that to myself too, because sometimes I think mm. to myself, I'm going to teach all of this stuff and I'm going to do all of these things in just one episode. And then obviously, you know, it's, it's impossible because I've only got an hour. So sometimes I bite off more than I can chew as well. Literally bite something. Have you ever literally, not like metaphorically, but literally, have you ever bitten off more than you can chew? For example, have you ever taken an extra large bite of a pizza and then been unable to actually chew it because it's so big in your mouth? I have had... Uh, yes, I have. It's true. Uh, so I, it happens more when I have a pizza with cured ham or, or mm. you know, um, like parma ham, ham that's very difficult to chew. Yeah. If you bite into a pizza that has that on it, you initially bite, but you don't bite the whole bit of ham. So as you pull away the pizza from your mouth, yeah. then you, you, you feel like you have to do an extra bite to get the full because otherwise you've it's difficult to do. So then you then have two bites of pizza in your mouth and then yeah. you look like a bit of a pig yes. uh, when you're trying to eat and your mouth is so full because you've got two massive chunks of pizza yeah, in there. Exactly. Sometimes you get pizzas where all of the toppings on the pizza have all stuck together yep. in one like huge sort of plate of topping. And it's what you've got then is like a top, a big like load of toppings stuck together and then a layer of slippery tomato sauce and mm -hmm. then the, the pizza base and you take one bite from the pizza and you pull the entire topping with you and then you're obliged to like try and stuff it all into your mouth and then, it, and, then you, and then you die from suffocation. That happens to me all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, so these are, these are not the expressions. Um, we've just started with, <laughs> with one. As it always happens on this podcast... Um, Sometimes just uh, phrases just come out of nowhere and, and work them their way into the into the episode. So like that one. So um, I was going to ask you, Paul, about your news before we start playing the game. Mm. But um, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's do a li little quick uh, summary of, of what's been going on recently. So um, what's up, Paul? What's new? Uh, what is new? I've uh, been doing comedy as much as possible. Because um, you you you, the story is that cut a long story short, you've basically gave up your job, a, a good job at Apple, in Correct. order to focus on doing comedy, stand-up comedy full-time. Yeah, that was, the, that was the plan, and that still is the plan. Uh, so I quit my job, and I've been doing stand-up comedy for the past three months, basically every night of the week. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been going all right. It's been going well. Um, so I've been doing that. We even did a, our own two-man show we did. Uh, last week. Which was uh, which was very cool. Uh, you know, we did half an hour on stage each. That was the first time I did half an hour, uh, and uh, that was pretty cool. And you know, we might even do that in September, starting in September. Yeah, I'd like to do uh, that. do it on a more regular basis. But uh, that's been going, you know, pretty well uh, as well as uh, as I've been hoping it's been going. Um, but what's interesting is some of the uh, some of the comedy nights that that we play at uh, are on uh, the website TripAdvisor. Yeah. And uh, people leave comments on the website TripAdvisor for our particular show. 
And uh, last week we got a we got a pretty negative comment. We did, didn't we, Paul? I mean, um, this is for a comedy show which happens at a place called the So Gymnast every Saturday night. Sometimes you're on it, sometimes I'm on it, sometimes we're both on it. And sometimes neither, neither of, us of us are on, are on it. it. In this case, we were both on it, and you were the host of the show. I was. Now, on TripAdvisor, this comedy show uh, that we appear on on Saturdays has an average of 4.5 stars out of 5. So it's 4.5 out of 5. Uh, so generally speaking, the reviews are good. Mm-hmm. Like, very good, really. But every now and then, you get a bad review. Because that's the way it is in comedy. You can't please all the people all the time. Some people just, um, you know, and also some nights, admittedly, don't go so well as others. And yeah. So, the, you know, it's not always five stars out of five. The interesting thing was that particular night felt like it was all right. You know, people were laughing. Mm. We got some good comments straight after the show that people enjoyed it. Uh, so it was uh, it was surprising to get such a bad comment. And the, the most interesting thing about the comment, uh, because we discussed it as a group... Uh, over an email chain, uh, the the different comedians that were there that evening, uh, is that, and the reason we're bringing it up is that it's kind of ambiguous. Uh, the comment in 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 terms of English, uh, I understood one thing, and people understood a, a different thing from what the 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 woman has said, and uh, we thought we'd talk about it because it's an interesting language problem. Yeah. So basically, we got a bad review on TripAdvisor for this show, which is fairly rare. But when it happens, it can be a bit of a, uh, a a punch to the stomach. You've got to expect bad reviews sometimes. But when it does happen, how do you feel about it? Because it always sort of hurts me. Uh, I hate reading negative reviews of myself. I think it's important. I think it's it happens when you're performing comedy that sometimes people are not going to enjoy it. So it's natural. So it shouldn't hurt too much. You know, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, that's another expression. There we go. You've got to take it with a pinch of salt. You've got to have a balanced view and just know that you can't please all the people all the time. Mm. But what I find is that often I will ignore all the positive points, even though there are lots of them. For some reason, the positive points, they, they're like, yeah, great. But it's the negative ones that stick with me and really bother me. Why, yeah. why don't I just remember all the positive things? Instead, I, I get sort of hurt by the negative things and I always remember them. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a, it's just a natural human thing. Yeah, it's weird. You know? So anyway, this uh, review uh, is a one-star review. And uh, it's quite interesting because, as Paul said, it's a little bit ambiguous because of the wording of the review. Now, basically what we're doing here is we're picking at this review from a language point of view as a way of getting revenge on the reviewer. Exactly. That's what I'm doing anyway. Yeah, yeah. So here's, where, here's how the review went. It said, worst cast ever. So the cast would mean all of the people who were on the show. Yeah, that's the, the title of the review is worst cast ever. Right. One star out of five. And here's the review. It said, only hints of humour came from the host Paul Taylor, who should ask for his job back at Apple. Don't go. Life is too short. And then there's no, there's no full stop at the end of that sentence, which makes me think, well, how short is life? Did you die during the middle of that <laughs> sentence so that you forgot to put a full stop on the end? Uh, <laughs> I hope maybe that's did. what it like. Don't go. Life's too short. And then they died. Uh, may- maybe. Or maybe they just forgot to put a full stop at the end of the sentence. Yeah. I realize I'm being pedantic, but that's my pr- prerogative yeah. as an English teacher. Now, when I read that comment, I read it as... Because my name's in it, and I'm the only person who has been named out of mm. the six people that were performing that night. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 the, the, it says, only hints of humour came from the host, Paul Taylor. Now, 
I read that as there were only a couple of hints of humour that came from me. Yeah. So basically, I was mainly shit, but at sometimes there were hints of humour. There were a little bits of humour that came from me. But when I uh, spoke to a couple of other people, you included, uh, you guys seemed to think that it was that I was the only one who had hints of humour. Yeah. Uh, in other words, if the sentence started with the only hints of humour came from the host Paul Taylor, is very different to only hints of humour came from the host Paul Taylor. So I understood yeah. one thing, people understood a different thing. We still don't know what the real thing is because we haven't uh, you know, obviously spoken to the person who wrote this review. So. so The review is certainly negative in general for the show, but it, it's not clear if it's positive about Paul or negative about Paul. So well, they told me I should get my job back at Apple, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's negative anyway. Right, right, true. But I hope, listeners, you can see the ambiguity or you can hear the ambiguity. Only, imagine it this way. Uh, only hints of humour... Wait a minute. The only hints of humour in this show came from host Paul Taylor is one thing meaning everyone else was crap and the only bits that were funny came from Paul or it's only hints of humour came from the host Paul Taylor who should ask for his job back so there are only sort of suggestions at humour no actual humour from Paul I think that's, I think that's what it means Paul to be honest I, well it is because if you were to say first of all if you wanted to say the only hints of humour came from the host you would put the only hints of humour right so she started a sentence with only hints of humour came from Paul and f continued the sentence with who should ask for his job back at Apple. I don't think you would say the only hints of yeah. humour from the whole show came from Paul Taylor. Who should also ask for his job back at Apple? Like there's, there's, a, there's no comma there. It's, yeah. it's a very ambiguous. I'm reading it as basically I was shit and I only showed uh, hints of humour and uh, I should also ask for my job back at Apple. Yeah, I, I understand that the, the whole show is crap and the only suggestions of funny bits came from you mm, yeah who, who should who should also ask well it's just a very personal attack as well it's yeah. you know i thought i was being vulnerable and funny by telling people that i'd quit my job on stage and uh, now i decided to speak in front of 20 people uh yeah. in an attic instead of speaking in front of 200 people in a five-star hotel which is what i used to do yeah. and, and people laughed and uh, clearly this person thought Here's the thing, I, either this person thought, it's. Uh, I'm starting to think more and more that people who write these kind of reviews and go on a personal vendetta against people are just maybe jealous that they aren't able to do the same thing yeah. and quit their jobs to try and follow their dreams. See, see I don't know. like, um, people don't realise uh, that uh, in order to become a very funny comedian, you have to go through many years of struggling and trying to find ways of being funny and you have to endure people telling you that you're not good enough. No one, you know, none of these famous comedians that we all love arrive fully formed. They all go through years of difficulty. They all have bad gigs. That's how you learn. That's the only way that you develop those skills. Comedy is a magic trick. The thing about a magic trick is that uh, there are all sorts of things going on that you don't see. And that's the illusion. It looks like magic. It's not. It's just uh, skills and illusions tricking your eyes. Now, the same thing with comedy. What you don't see is the preparation, the writing of the material, the practicing, uh, the, the, the fact that you've gone through your sentences and you've removed words here and you've emphasized other things there. And the overall effect is that it's funny because it takes the audience by surprise. Mm. And, that's, and that's what's funny. And it looks like it's just a person talking about something in a casual way. Uh, and that betrays the fact that 
a lot of preparation has been done. So people don't realise that there's years and years of training involved in delivering that funny 10 minutes that they saw that guy on TV do once. And so when they see someone uh, um, performing, when they, when they know that someone has given up their job in order to become a comedian, they immediately expect that person to be as funny as the guy with 20 years experience that they saw on a Saturday night TV show. And they don't realize this is all part of your journey to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they judge you for it and they say, well, um, you, you clearly don't have the natural ability because yeah, but they're, they're wrong. You see, they're they're (laughs) completely completely wrong because (laughs) they might not be. Let's, let's put it that way, but forget about the training and the years of experience and, and the, you know, the resistance that you have to push against mm. in order to get there, um, but that's just—I mean, that was a—it was just an interesting example because it was a—it was a comment, you know, that everyone who performed that night were English native speakers. There was the both of us. There was Americans there. There were other English people there, and uh, we all understood a different thing from that one comment. I understood one message. Other mm. people understood a different message. It was just interesting that even within the native English speaking community, yeah. uh, it can be—we can misunderstand things if it's written in yeah. or said in a certain way. So I would say, since they took the time to review us, I'm now taking the time to review the review. And my professional opinion of this review is that it's very badly written mm-hmm. and uh, not constructive, doesn't actually contain any constructive uh, feedback. I mean, sure, if you don't enjoy the show, that's fine. You can say so, and it might help other travellers who might come to our show. But at least give us a couple of ways in, we, in which we can improve it. And, and I'm talking about constructive criticism. I'm not talking about give up and, uh, you know, you know, not just <laughs> give up and go back to your previous job. Yeah. But something slightly more constructive would help. Instead, <laughs> you just sound like a negative uh, and not very nice person, right? Yeah. I sent that comment to my ex-boss, who I'm good friends with. The guy, he- The guy who you... The guy who was your boss, and then you yeah, quit. Yeah, yeah. So the the guy uh, the the guy who uh, was my manager at Apple before I left, uh, and we're good friends. And I sent that that message to him, and I think I said I said to him as a joke, like I think I've made a mistake. Yeah. And uh, what we haven't told you yet is the person who wrote this comment uh, was from the United Kingdom. It tells you on TripAdvisor the city, and she's from Wigan, uh, a place called Wigan, which is in the north. West or northeast? Northwest. Northwest of, of the UK. And his comment back to me after I sent him the the, 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 the screenshot was, she's from Wigan. That should tell you everything. <laughs> oh, that's pretty harsh. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Well, well, there you go. There so you I go. don't have my job back at Apple. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, the joys of uh, reading negative reviews. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Something that uh, if you're in a, in the performance trade, then something that everyone has to deal with. It can be painful. Yeah, and but people I, sometimes will just give you a negative comment, even if you're not asking for it. Like I just had five minutes before we started this podcast. Yeah, just, just before we started the <laughs> podcast, Paul received a comment on his website, uh, and it was a, a huge essay. And it seems the the uh, uh, the essence of the essay, this comment, was give up. You're not naturally funny. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like the, the time he could have written that, but he didn't. He was like, "No, I need to explain myself for half an hour." Yeah, and I'm, you must have spent a lot of time writing that. If you're, I mean, if you're interested in finding out what exactly he said, you can go to my website uh, in my blog section. 
uh, and read the, the the negative comment there. Um, it's quite yeah. long, and uh, it's uh, it's just interesting how people feel. I, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a review for a show. It wasn't. It was just him uh, writing stuff that was hurtful. You know yeah. that people are like, oh, you you know you should do this. You're not funny. Your material is shit. You haven't improved it. It's not funny and all this kind of but stuff. In, in and the <laughs> end, when you read between the lines of what he's saying, all he's all he's saying is. Uh, I didn't find it funny, and therefore you should stop. But um, there, he could, if he was such an expert on comedy as he seems to think that he is, mm. then he could have given you a lot more constructive criticism than that. The guy clearly doesn't know how to do comedy. Mm. If he knew how to do comedy, he would be giving you other advice, or yep. he would just shut up and let you get on with it and understand that, yeah, people have to learn how to be funny no one arrives fully formed not you know and if you believe that they do you're wrong because of the illusion of comedy you just haven't seen all of these famous comedians like michael mcintyre had he had probably you know hundreds of bad gigs Mm -hmm. before he learned how to do it well every time yeah exactly everyone has that it's the 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 challenge with stand-up comedy is to try and be as funny as you are around a table with your friends uh, and try and be as funny like that as you are on stage with people that you don't know. Yeah. And that takes a long time. If you're, I mean, there's people who start doing stand-up comedy who in their personal lives are not funny and that rarely works out. Mm. You know, I think the people that, that succeed are the people that are funny in their personal lives and then they spend about five to ten years figuring out how to be that, the same funny yeah. on stage so yeah. that's just what it is but whatever that's just part of life you know every great person Richard Branson that created Virgin uh, you know I've read his autobiography Steve Jobs all these people came up with you know had um, people like that in their lives telling them you should stop doing this it's not going to work it's mm. never going to work and uh, it eventually did you just have to believe in what you're doing So I think, I think um, if we bring this conversation round to learning English I think it's the same thing mm. because uh, whether the negative um, comments come from other people or they come from yourself, you're always, if you want to achieve something or learn something or develop and, and uh, get to a, uh, a position where you're doing something very well, like overcoming a challenge, you will come up against resistance. And, if, and it, nothing is easy. If you want to achieve something, like genuinely achieve it, then there will be a lot of resistance and you have to be prepared to come up against it. So in this case, it's, it's learning the art and craft of stand-up comedy, which is one of the hardest things to do in the world. It's one of the hardest forms of performance. I mean, it is. You know, many people agree. Um, and there are many reasons why we don't have time to go into it, but there are. Uh, and um, so in this case, it's, you know, the, the craft, learning the craft of stand-up. But it could be other things. It could be about learning English to a high level. Mm. And the resistance that you're going to come across there is usually from within yourself. It's usually, I can't do this and I don't feel confident and I'm going to make a fool of myself if I open my mouth and I say things wrong. And look at all these words in the dictionary. There's no way I can learn them all. Mm. And uh, I can't pronounce the TH sound properly. And so I can't do anything. Um, all of these, you know, sort of negative uh, feelings will come up against you and, and you just have to have the determination, the motivation and the positivity to push through those obstacles and in order to keep going. So it's, you know, it's like there's a poem, isn't it, by Rudyard Kipling or something, which is like, if you can keep your head while 
uh, everyone else is losing theirs, then you'll be all right. And if you um, if you can keep going when everyone else is doubting you, then you'll be all right. Yeah. You know, it's 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 those things. Well, the classic example that I always hear <coughs> from people not necessarily learning English because I think that's it's a little bit different. But if you're learning French, for example, yeah. um, and you come to Paris to live, the difficult th- the, the the obstacles that you come up against is, you know, you have your basic level of French and then you go to a supermarket or a bakery or a bar or something like that and you start speaking in French, you say like, bonjour. Yeah. And as soon as they hear your accent, they start speaking to you in English and you're yeah. like, no, I don't want you to speak to me in English. Yeah. I want to practice my French and that's the obstacle that a lot of people who are learning languages come up with. They, they are, The person in front of them wants to speak. Uh, I had a friend who went to Germany, same sort of thing. He wanted to learn German and as soon as he showed up in Germany and and spoke uh, German a little bit with an accent, the German people would speak back to him in English because yeah. their English is much better than his German. But the only way that he mm. could really improve was was just overcoming that obstacle and, and, and just saying, hey, I, I want to let me speak German to you because that's what I'm trying to do. And in that situation where, I mean, th- that's probably not something that many non-native speakers of English experience when they're learning English, I imagine. I doubt mm. that they would like come to London, like a Spanish person coming to London would speak English to you know someone in the library or whatever, and they would then reply to them in Spanish. I mean, right. it's not going to happen. But, I mean, it's just an example of one form of resistance. And ultimately, it's about pushing through barriers. And, and where does the motivation to push through these barriers come from? It comes from you. It comes from within yourself. So uh, when I go, I, I suffer from it all the time, constantly. When I go out uh, to a restaurant or something, and I st- or the barbers, like I speak to my barber in French. He's really great. My hairdresser. He speaks. He forces me to speak French, uh, and he speaks English to me. Mm. Right. So he's all right. He's he's a good guy because he understands. But in sim- similar situations, I'll start speaking French, and they will speak English to me. And at that point, I've got a choice. I can take the easy road or the difficult road. Yeah. The easy road is to go, all right, then let's speak English. And then I become teacher Luke. Because <laughs> at that point, it basically becomes an English lesson. <laughs> it does, because then I have to slow down and, you know, I've got to try and help them. Or I take the more difficult road and I become, and I try and put, you know, even though he speaks French to me, I, can, I respond Sorry, even though he speaks English to me, I respond in French. And then there's that sense of resistance of like, oh, this is socially awkward because he spoke English to me and yet I'm persevering with French. So you have to like break through the awkwardness of that situation and you have to stay motivated. So basically, the conclusion is you will come up against resistance if you try and achieve anything. uh, And the resistance can come from outside or inside. You have to just be dedicated enough to push through it. Um, and I think that's where confidence comes from too. I don't think confidence is a thing that you can just acquire. Confidence comes as a result of being determined to achieve something. And if you have the determination, it'll manifest itself as confidence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I'm confident that I can, you know, learn or, or get your fixed expressions yeah. that you have. Uh, I'm confident that this time I will do better than I did last time. After 30 minutes of uh, rambling introduction where we covered... Yeah, it was a bit uh, depressing for this, a while, wasn't this it? negative <laughs> review, and then we covered the, you know, the motivation to achieve things. We're now 30 minutes in. I think it's time to start this vocab game, Paul. Pow, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. So, um, 
All right. Here Remind comes, me the rules. The rules are: I will define uh, an, an expression for you. Okay, uh, a fixed expression in English. Yes. Um, like a, a phrase or a piece of vocabulary could be a phrasal verb, could be a saying or an idiom. Just some piece of vocabulary, basically. I'll define it for you, and you have to try and guess the expression I'm I'm looking for. Listeners, uh, you can try to guess the expressions too. Do you manage to guess it before Paul? No, I'm going to get them all before anyone now. Paul's feeling That's confident my challenge. now after that sort of pep talk <laughs> that we had. Paul's now feeling extra confident. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you've got to be on your best form in order to try and pick up on these phrases. There are some difficult ones in this list now. All right, you just got to be good at describing them. Yeah, I, I will. I, you know, I'll make it. I'll make the description a bit abstract first, and then I'll, I'll close in and right. make it easier and easier until you get it. Okay? Sounds good. All right, so the, the first phrase it actually comes from Shakespeare. I think it's the title of a Shakespeare play. In fact, I know it is. Twelfth Night. It's not Twelfth Night. Don't list all the Shakespeare <laughs> plays now. <laughs> Hamlet, Macbeth. Um, so this one is basically a, um, a phrase that you say when there was a difficult situation, a situation that involved trouble and disagreement and problems, but then in the end... It resolved itself, and at the end result of the situation was happy, and so you just sort of forget about all of the difficult things that. Uh, to brush something under the carpet. Uh, no, that's like to hide something. Oh uh, yeah, that is. You know, isn't to, it? like to hide a problem by just sort of putting it okay. out of sight. Now, in this case, let's say, for example, um, oh, let's say that random example. There was a wedding. Yep. Um, and there were lots of disagreements, you know, during the preparation for the wedding yep. and lots of problems like the families argued with each other and uh, uh, it was very difficult. But then on the day, this is not a real experience. <laughs> I was going to say, is this a personal real experience? <laughs> this is not a personal real experience, okay? Uh. I knew that, that you were going to say that. But no, my wedding was, was great. It went relatively smoothly <laughs> and I will be talking about it at length in an episode of the All podcast. All right, so everyone's soon. arguing so, so, you know, and on the, the day. During the preparations for the wedding, there were lots of problems and arguing. Argue Right. And then the actual day, in the end, it works out fine, and there were no problems, and everyone at the end is smiling and happy, all right. and so that makes all of the other problems okay. We forget about the other all right. problems. Alright, you need to give me a clue. Okay. Like, w- so, everything uh, that uh, finishes in, the, in a good way uh, is good, or everything's <laughs> <laughs> everything is good yeah. when the end result is oh, good. Um, Everything is good when the it begins with all. All good. Uh, uh, oh. All's well that ends well. Ah, uh, yeah, I knew that. You knew all's that. En- all's, en- all's, en- all's well all's that ends well. well. End- all say it again. All's well that ends well. Yeah. So it'd be like, oh well, you know, the preparation for the wedding was a nightmare. You know, I thought that uh, our fam, our our families were going to kill each other, but then you know everyone got drunk and had a great party. So I suppose all's well that ends well. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't think anyone uses that. In, what really? In, in, in it's like your ace, your version of ace. Like no one says ace. No one says ace. No one says ace. No one says that. No one I know. Well, why does it exist in the in the language? Because you, as you said, it was a Shakespeare well, thing. Well, no, it's a phrase that people use sometimes. Yeah, they might not say it every day. You know, like, you know, go to the bakery. It's you know, true. Like, like, some I, bread, please. The, the there fact you go. That's one pound. Thanks. Well, all's well that ends well. <laughs> yeah, you too. Like, they're not using it every day, but it is uh, a phrase that is out there. It is a phrase because I knew it. So then it is a phrase. But no, not very many people use it. Okay, cool. I, I didn't get that one. Just he's just, Hopefully you guys got it. I'm sure you didn't. But anyway. <laughs> he's just saying that because he's bitter because he didn't get right, it. Right, next one. Go. All right. Here comes another one, which actually comes from the Bible, Paul. <laughs> I realise. Can we just keep going back in time in terms of how old these <laughs> phrases have been around? This was uh, when cavemen used to talk to each other. <laughs> oh, 
I, I realise that you're almost completely illiterate, and so anything that's <laughs> written in a book, you don't know. This is true. I don't read much. I ain't got time. Um, so this is um, an expression that relates to a sort of form of justice, like where you know one person commits a crime, and the fo- the appropriate form of justice would be to f- uh, make them the same level of victim. For example, if I steal, if someone steals your car. Uh, okay, then the right response would be for their car to be stolen, because it's it relates to a body part. Oh, it's right. It's, uh, it's two body parts. It, for example, if I poke out uh, a part. Oh, of an body, eye for an eye. Yeah. How? An eye for eye, a tooth for a tooth. Right. That's the expression. I didn't. Re- I didn't know the tooth bit. I just knew eye for an eye. Well, it's it's eye for an, an eye for an eye is the most common one. Okay. But sometimes you can a tooth extend for a tooth. it with a t- and a tooth for a tooth. An ear for an ear. That doesn't work. No. No. Just a tooth. It's just teeth and eyes. Teeth and eyes. Okay. I think probably back in the time when you know many years ago when the Bible was written, I think people maybe it was quite common for for, for people, people to, to lose eyes and teeth. It's more difficult to lose an ear. That's true, unless you're Mike Tyson. Well, he well, gained the, an ear. The, the people who fight Mike Tyson, or uh, Evander Holyfield, yeah, or Vincent Van Gogh, yeah, or Van Gogh, or to be Van fair, Hoch. he didn't lose his ear. He actually intentionally he's removed still, it. He still, he still, he he might have been thinking what I was thinking. He probably thought an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Well, I guess I, I, I should uh, take my ear. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's it's a g- <laughs> but he wasn't. He didn't remove his ear as a form of compensation to oh. someone who'd who'd given their ear to him. Anyway, all right, an eye for an eye, good. An eye That's for a good an eye, one. Tooth Is that from the Bible? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Okay. What do you think, Paul? Do you, do you agree with that? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Uh, I uh, yeah, I think in in yeah, I think really, I think most people will agree. Of the certain, th- you know, like if you if you go downstairs to your car that's been parked, and somebody has cut your tires or slashed your tires, I think immediately your human reaction is, I want to find the guy and do the same thing to him. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I know that you, I know that you've slashed my tires, and I. <laughs> I don't know why Liam Neeson have would have slashed. I a pocket knife. <laughs> I'm going to find you. I I don't care that you don't have a car. I'll slash your bike tires. But I will have my revenge. Um, so, an eye for an eye. So that TripAdvisor review, in theory, we should go find what uh, Lindsay from Wigan does for a living and leave a shit review on her thing. What do you think Lindsay from Wigan does? Probably works in an office. She probably does. So, so I, I'm uh, hoping she would run a restaurant. And the other, here's the other thing about that review is that it's the only review she's ever left on TripAdvisor. Wow. She hasn't. Re- it's the one review, oh and that's God. it. So it's like she really set up a TripAdvisor account just to leave a bad review. Anyway, eye for an eye. Oh Lord, that's painful. The trouble that she went to, mm. like setting up a TripAdvisor account. You need to. Maybe she thought eye for an eye. Maybe she thought you did not make me laugh for the entire section. The entire hour of you hosting the show. Yeah. So eye for an eye, I'm going to leave you a bad review. Yeah, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Gandhi said, uh, Gandhi disagreed with this. Did Mah- he? Mahatma Gandhi, yeah. He said, uh, an eye for an eye makes, uh, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. That's a, that's a very profound thing to say. I mean, in theory, you should just forgive yeah. and forget. Yeah. Um, I personally I'm not sure I agree with an eye for an eye because it's like the death penalty. I don't agree with the death mm. penalty. If you kill someone, the penalty shouldn't be that you get killed because killing is wrong. You know, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but also, I'm not sure about what Gandhi said because an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Well, it doesn't. No. What you end up with is just one 
a world cyclops, of, just yeah. one cyclops who rules the world. Exactly. Because if you think about it, you know, I poke your eye out. You take right. revenge by poking my eye out. Yeah, but then you poke then I me. I poke your eye out again, and then you're blind, and, and no, I've I... got one eye, and I run away from you. <laughs> so basically, uh, the world is left with one one-eyed guy <laughs> who rules the world because everyone else is blind. No, because then you would go and, and then stab somebody else's eye. Yeah. And then they would stab your eye. And then yeah, but you're, yeah. then you're blind and then he's walking around. So yeah, then, yeah, you would end up... You've thought about be, this way too much. Ultimately, there will be one person one left person. on Earth who's got one eye. One eye. So one Cyclops ruling person. Great. That's a good film. So so it should be... They should. Gandhi should have thought about that more carefully and he should have said, an eye for an eye leaves one Cyclops king to rule the Earth forever. That's the uh, that's the, the the tagline to that film called uh, Cyclop Cyclops rules. Right. Anyway. Okay. So that's the second one. Third one. This is an exp- okay. Everyone, you still listening to this? It's a slightly rambling episode. This one. <laughs> it's not as good as the uh, the last one that we did, is it? I don't know. Maybe. Keep going. It's different. It might become better. It's different. We, we, it's got extra value. Different. Kind it does. Of it's got some serious thoughts about overcoming obstacles in life. Yeah. And uh, pursuing your dreams and all that nonsense. And a bunch of fixed expressions. Exactly. I mean, what more could you want? What Literally, what more could you want? Maybe a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe somebody is listening to this while eating a pizza. Yeah, in which case, you've got everything. In which case, they've bitten off more than they can chew. Well, it depends. Depends, doesn't it? Depends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, next okay. one. Okay, okay. So here comes uh, number three. And this is a phrase that has appeared on the podcast before. Okay. Just to give a little heads up to my listeners there. All right. So this one is uh, what you say. It's like a particularly British phrase. And it's something you say at the end of describing a process. And it's what you say to say, it, it, uh, what it means is, and there you are. Or, and that's the result of that thing. All right. So uh, it, it relates to a, a member of your family. So it's like, you and do Bob's this. your uncle. Yay! You got it. Do this, do that, do that, and Bob's your uncle. Bob is your uncle. Right. Uh, now. And Fanny's your aunt. Yeah, exactly, which is the other way of extending that. We've got an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And then and Bob's your uncle and Fanny is your aunt. Uh, but Bob's your uncle is the, is the most common part of that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, give me an example of, and Bob's your uncle. Tell me how to do something and then say Bob's your uncle at the end. Well, basically, in order to succeed in stand-up comedy, Luke, right. what you have to do is you have to take the microphone yeah. and speak into it yeah. and make people laugh by telling jokes yeah. that have a setup and a punchline. Right. They will then laugh, uh-huh. leave you a good review on TripAdvisor, yeah. and Bob's your uncle. Right, right. Sounds so simple. Yeah, it is. They right. could also leave you a bad review. Right. So here's the other approach, <laughs> right? Here's the, here's the other side of that to that coin. Oh, it's simple. What you need to do is get a microphone, uh, plug it into a sound system, make sure that you've got a, a room. You might want to just invite a couple of people, maybe two people in the audience. And then you say things with the intention of making them laugh, but they come out wrong. And the result is that no one finds it funny. And in fact, they leave with a, a sense of hatred towards you. And then they go on TripAdvisor. They take the time to create a whole TripAdvisor profile. <laughs> they have to come up with a secure password. It takes them half an hour. And then they write a very hastily written review. After that half an hour registration process, they forget to leave a full stop at the end. <laughs> and the result is that everyone gets pissed off and irritated. And Bob's your uncle. There you go. Oh, dear. Um, all right, so they go. How do you make a cup of tea, Paul? How do I make a cup yeah. of tea? Um, I well, first of all, I I, I fill the kettle up with right. fresh water. Mm-hmm. I uh, put it on the boil. Right. 
set it to boil, get the cup out, get the tea bag, put it in the cup, put some milk in there. Uh, once the kettle's boiled, you put the water uh, in the cup, yeah. uh, stir it around a little bit, and Bob's your uncle. Hey. you got a fresh cup of tea. Lovely. Okay, so you put the milk in first. Yeah, Contra- not to stain the cup. Controversial. I know. Okay, interesting. Because you've got a white cup, yeah. and you put the tea in first with oh. the water, and then you put the milk in last, then the tea tends to stain the cup. Oh, I see. So you're doing it as a protective measure. Yeah, also the milk tends to mix with the tea a little bit. Mm. Gives it a cool, nice little milky tea flavour. Pre-tea. Pre-tea. I see. Okay, so there you go. That's how you make a cup of tea according to Paul Table. Table. Paul Table. (laughs) Paul Table. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a useful bloke. My name's Paul Table. Uh, That should be my uh, my new comedy stage name. Please welcome to the stage, Paul Table. (laughs) And it's just a table on the stage. Pool Table. (laughs) Pool Table. In some parts of the world, they'll probably be like, "Oh, a pool table. Let's have a game." Yeah. Oh no, Paul Table, or Pole Pole Table. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) All right, number four. I'm I'm not that keen on this one. Well, do skip it then. No, I'm not skipping it. I'm going right. to do it anyway because it is a phrase. But I don't personally use it. But I've heard it. Obviously. I'm all right. Well, if you don't use it, then I definitely probably won't use okay, it. Okay. All right. Definitely probably. Definitely probably. <laughs> you sure. What's that called? An oxymoron? Is it? Just a moron. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, this <laughs> this is an expression that you use, and I say you, I mean people in general. Not that one uses. Yeah. This is an expression that one uses uh, to express disbelief, to express the idea that, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Or, yeah. I don't no way know. Jose. No way Jose is good, but it's not right. It doesn't involve a Mexican, this one. No, or Spanish person, <laughs> or indeed anyone who comes from a language in which Spanish is the first language. Okay. <coughs> Just cough there, uh, just in case you were wondering what that So disbelief. Was. Disbelief. So it's like, uh, oh yeah, uh, England are definitely going to win the World Cup this year. Oh yeah, and hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh. It involves an animal in the air. that. You and pigs will fly. Yes. Ding, exactly. ding, 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 ding. 200 points for a Paul Taylor. That's a round of that applause was good. for a studio audience. That was really good. Um, and pigs will fly. So, you know, oh yeah, England are going to win the World Cup. Oh yeah, and pigs will fly. As if to say, oh yeah, that's not going to happen. And pigs will fly. England is going to become the world's top wine producer, Paul. I read this in the, uh, an unreliable newspaper recently mm-hmm. that said that uh, because of global warming, uh, the temperature, the general temperature in the UK is going to rise. And that is going to allow southern parts of England to start producing wine. And uh, reports, you know, fairly uh, unobjective and biased uh, reports have indicated that uh, the UK is set to become the world's top wine producer in the future. Great. As if we didn't even need any more alcohol. Now we'll have our own good wine. Yeah. You know what the... But, uh, and pigs might fly. The, and pigs the, might fly, yeah. That's what I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, the French... Uh, sorry. And the French... Uh, the French word for that is funny because the French have a similar phrase, yeah. but it involves another animal. Yeah. Uh, and the French phrase is when chickens will have teeth. When chickens will have teeth. Yeah. Which is very strange. Which obviously, it's never going to happen. So is pigs it? might fly or chickens have teeth. Right. Uh, okay. And, and <laughs> pigs will fly or and pigs might fly. Pigs might fly. The only time I've seen a pig flying is um, on the album cover of a Pink Floyd album. Yep. Animals. There's a pig flying in that one. But that's the only time. Uh, next, let's move on to number five. We are currently at 
50 minutes, Paul. Is this going to be called five fixed expressions? <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah. So um, we use the, here's another one that involves animals. Okay. And it's um, used when, you're talk, when you want to say, well, that's a completely different situation. Or that's a completely different case. Different kettle of fish. Yes. Smashed it. That's another kettle of fish, I yeah. would say. Yeah. That's, well, that's, a, that's another kettle of fish. A different ke- another kettle of fish. Right. Yeah. That's, you don't want to make tea with a kettle. A fish? No, certainly not. You just not. want a normal kettle that has water in it. Yeah, but let's let's just go back to how that's another kettle of fish would be uh, used. All right. Um, let's say you're. Well, you could say, hey, the comparison, you know, with uh, the difference. Uh, going back to comedy. Yeah. Since we've been talking about it for a while. Uh, a bit too long, maybe. You know, music. People who are famous music artists. People like their music. They come and see them at concerts, and. They really like the music and they want to hear the song again and again and again. Like you can hear, listen to the song many, many times. Right. But that's not the same with comedy because it's a different kettle of fish. Right. You know, uh, comedy, if you hear the joke once, it makes you laugh. If you hear the joke twice, it'll make you laugh, but less. Yeah. You, can't listen, you can't hear the same joke 50,000 times. Right. Uh, whereas you could listen to the music. Yeah. But, you know, comedy's a different kettle of fish. It's a totally different kettle. It's another kettle of See, fish. See, I've heard different kettle of fish. I think, I think that's all right. Yeah, right. I think that's a different kettle of fish, and that's another kettle of fish. I think they're both valid uh, phrases. Okay, let's let's go on to number six. All right, uh, let's we're stepping up the pace here. So uh, this is an expression. It relates to food. Yep. It involves some food, and it's just a way of saying that it's really cheap. Cheapest chips. Yes. Pow! Look okay, at this. We're on a roll now. Now we're getting into a, a rhythm here. Yeah. Okay. So it's as cheap as chips. Can you think of something that's as cheap as chips? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we always talk about how expensive Paris is. Yeah. You know, a pint of beer in Paris will set you back about seven euros, eight euros. Yeah. Uh, depending on when uh, on which bar you go to. Yeah. Uh, in London, it's as cheap as chips compared to Paris. It's about three pounds, four pounds. Well, it's a bit more than that these days. Is about it four four quid? Yeah. Four, four uh, fifty. And maybe maybe pint. the exchange rate. Changed. Depends where you are. Depends on which part of town you're in. But but H and M clothing yeah. is as cheap as chips Absolutely. compared to you know Prada or Gucci. If you just want to buy a nice white shirt, you could go to H and M and it's as cheap as chips. H and M. Do you have H and M in your in your countries, ladies and gentlemen? I know that H and M are in many places around the world. Uh, they're one of these sort of trendy uh, uh, clothes shops that sells, you know, well, pretty cheap clothing, and it's at is it is as cheap as chips. Um, uh, and yet you wonder how it's produced. It's probably made by. Well, children. you know why it's called. Yeah, well, it's it's as cheap as chips because uh, the people who produce it uh, basically they only get fed chips on their lunch break. That's all they eat yeah. on their lunch yeah, break. If they get a lunch break, yeah, probably in some sweatshop somewhere. It's it just doesn't bear thinking about. No. I don't. You know, for that reason, I always feel a little bit awkward about shopping in H and M because mm. I think, oh, this is a nice cheap shirt, but r- why is it so cheap? It's because it's been. You know, made by people in sort of pretty well, bad conditions. Well, there's two. Maybe I mean I don't know actually about. I don't mean to say anything litigious about H and M, but you know, it just it makes you wonder, doesn't it? You know, how, why and, yeah, their stuff yeah, is so. The cheap. world is divided into two types of countries: ones that are exploited, and the ones that do the exploitation. Mm, so yeah. you either live in a country that exploits other countries in order to get the stuff that you like. Or you're one of the countries that's being exploited, and we, you know, not f- 
because of our choice, we were born into countries that are, are one of the countries that exploits other countries to make our clothes, our mm. food, uh, our electronics goods, and it's just uh, the sad reality of life. To How be come honest. this episode became so serious? I don't know. The last one was so funny oh. and carefree, and now we're all like heavy talking about like child labour. <laughs> it's your it's your fault. You'll fix the cheapest chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what else? Are you chips that cheap these days, Paul? <laughs> The McDonald's ones are, but they're also like cardboard. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, regular chips, if you go to a, like a posh or a hipster burger place, the chips will set you back like five euros. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty good. So they're not really cheap as chips anymore. Tell you what, they, tell you what uh, those expensive chips in a, in a hipster burger place, mm. they cost an arm and a leg, don't they? They do cost an arm and a leg. But you know what? Those hipster burger places, they're really another kettle of fish. You know, they're a different <laughs> level. Uh, it's just a... Uh, <laughs> True, 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 true. True indeed. True indeed. Uh, let's do another one. Okay. All this right. one shouldn't be depressing. So uh, imagine a situation, right? There's a bloke in a pub. Yep. Yeah, he's saying, yeah, I got into a bit of a fight the other day. Got a few bruises on my fist there. I, like, I punched a bloke. But, you know, to be honest with you, he was... Right. He, so was, this... a t- he, was, a, he was an idiot. So he was behaving in a way that was inviting... A fight. A problem or a fight. Uh, so this basically being means... Being an idiot. Um, 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 doing something that could easily result in someone getting angry or aggressive with you. Um, okay. He was being like my wife. He was... <laughs> uh, so it's like... Okay, I'll give, you, I'll give it to you. No, no, no. Give me a clue. Give me some more clues. Oh, to request problems. Just another way of saying that. It's, it's a, uh, you're looking for a fight. Looking yeah, for, you're yeah. l- looking for a fight. Yeah, looking for a fight. Or um, can I have a can I have trouble, please? Looking for trouble. Asking for trouble. Asking for trouble. Okay. So he was asking for trouble. He was asking for trouble. Yeah. yeah. So you, I think he's asking for it or asking for trouble. That means like you know behaving in a way that would provoke. Uh, yeah, he was uh, asking for trouble. Aggressive or angry responses. Yeah. You're asking for it. What would be considered asking for trouble in the UK? Do you think? Uh, like a specific scenario. Yeah, like like if you, you know, you know, if you're in a pub and you get into a fight, and the bloke was going, well, he was asking for it. What would be considered asking for it? Well, if, for example, you're in a pub, and uh, let's say you're in a pub, and uh, you're a white person in a pub, and mm-hmm. just next to you, there's a couple of non-white people, right, uh, being racist towards white people and saying, "Oh, those white people, blah blah blah." And then you get into a fight with that person. You you could say, "Well, he was asking for it." Sorry, what was the thing? He was, yeah, he was yeah, yeah, asking it, for trouble. He was asking for trouble uh, because he was being racist uh, about me, and so we had a discussion, and then we ended up in a fight. But he was right. asking for trouble because he was, he was being racist in a public area. Yeah, he's getting laid. Again, it's another serious it's topic. Getting, suddenly, you're a ra- <laughs> suddenly there's a, ra- there's a race... Uh, We're racist rela- child labourers. Uh, it's. I mean, we've had we've had um, deeply critical reviews of our. I don't think we should work. ever drink beer we've, before a podcast. No, again. we had a we had a, a small, <laughs> admittedly very modest bottle of Cronenberg uh, at four point two percent each. Well, we were asking um, for it, weren't we? We were, were clearly we're, look. We're two English guys, two partially ginger English men sitting in almost direct sunlight <laughs> uh, on the continent of Europe, in you know, away from home, in uh, you know. Uh, 34 degree temperatures uh, having drunk beer we're just asking for it aren't we Paul yeah we're asking for trouble we're asking for and we're giving trouble. it yeah um, right so we had asking for trouble there next one is um, 
All right, so this is an expression to describe someone who is uh, not really down to earth. They're a sort pretentious. Of, now, a bit of a dreamer. Sort of, per- it's not really negative. Lives in the clouds. It's like that. Yeah. Uh, um, so this an is, idiot. This is a person. Paul who, Taylor. Uh, no. According to the comments it's, that it's, I've been getting, it's fairly positive, really. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not too negative. Um, it's uh, you would describe, let's say, a girl that you know who is always sort of dr- daydreaming and isn't completely connected to reality. Um, uh, instead, she's having an adventure with some mythical creatures. Having sex with a unicorn? No, no not having sex with a unicorn. Not not. Not this time. Well, adventure with... <laughs> not this <laughs> well, that, time, next that's time. That's not a bad idea. But, um, um, no, it means keep, yeah. uh, she is not here. She is... She's... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, just give me that word. She's, she's, she's there. Not here. Where is she? She's, she's there. Was, she's, she's, she's she's out there. She's away. She's away. She's away. Yeah. Away with who? Uh, away with the pixies. Away with the fairies. Yes. Away with the fairies. Away with the fairies. There we go. She's so away with the fairies. What are fairies, Paul? Uh, fairies are... If you've ever watched Peter Pan or read Peter Pan, Tinkerbell mm-hmm. is a fairy. It's a very small female yeah. uh, with wings that can fly. Yeah. So I don't think you can have male fairies, can you? Uh, I probably, well, be, they probably can in some stories. There are probably male fairies in, in some stories. I mean, Peter <laughs> Pan isn't a fairy, is he? No. No, because he uh, doesn't have wings. No, he I mean, you could. You, I mean, he may be a fairy. Right, because fairy's <laughs> got another meaning, ladies and gentlemen, which Paul is hinting at. Uh, a fairy is also a, a sort derogatory of term for a homosexual. Exactly. So, was Peter Pan a fairy? Well, we never really... F- got to know him that well did we in order to find out but anyway a fairy the other the, the most common use of the word fairy is to describe a little little mini lady probably with wings yep. like tinkerbell that has magical powers that has magical powers um or in like the legend of zelda game uh in the legend of zelda the ocarina yep. of time yep. link is followed around by a little fairy Correct. called navi yeah, oh, yeah. i've forgotten the name of that um, and also... Um, that's a great game. The Tooth Fairy. The Tooth Fairy, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, to be away with the fairies, that means that you're not really uh, on planet Earth. Your mind is, is somewhere else. So, you know, you might have like a, a young girl who seems to be a bit... Uh, uh, what's the word? A bit sort of distracted and a little bit uh, I, you m- dreamy. You might have that in your, in your classrooms when you're teaching English totally. in a classroom and you see somebody... Who's daydreaming? You might be like, oh well, he's away with the fairies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you have some some students who are like that. Some students who are really, you know, some students are really switched on and concentrating all the time. And other students, they're just like, hello, welcome back to planet Earth. And you can yeah. go, oh, of course, she's away with the fairies, isn't she? Yeah, we have that out of comedy shows sometimes yeah. where people are not listening and they're away with the fairies. Yeah. and then they write a bad trip advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which <laughs> fairies the... were they with, Paul? Uh, they were with know. clearly uh, not very nice fairies. Negative, critical fairies. Yeah, anyway. Um, oh, right. That was good. We're not bitter about this review at all. <laughs> I was fine about it until now. And now that real anger's coming out, I want to punch someone. I elicited, <laughs> I elicited that from you, I think. You did. Um, it's cathartic. Number though. nine. This is when you are trying to achieve something. But uh, again, it's a bit negative. <laughs> but you're trying to achieve something, right? And uh, something goes wrong and you have to go all the way to the start Back again. to square one. Yes. There we go. Sort of a board game analogy. I yeah, you've got to go back to square one. Like Monopoly has squares. Yeah. Uh, and, well, any board game really, Trivial Pursuit. Uh, a lot of board games have squares where you move little people along them. So uh, if you have to go back to square one, it means that you have to start all over again. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fine. Uh, good. Uh, and then the, the last one, number 10. Now, this is 
Also, this is the title of another podcast out there produced by two American girls, but you don't know okay. that podcast because uh, obviously all you need is Luke's English podcast. It's true. Um, but um, um, this is when you're really listening to someone very carefully. So you say, go ahead, go on. I'm... And I'm means, all ears. Yeah, I'm all ears. Unless you've cut off your ear because it's a tooth for a tooth, an eye for an eye, and an ear for an ear. In which case... But I'm all ears yeah. or you're all ear. I'm all, yeah. Well, Van Gogh was all ear. Uh, or all, he wasn't all there, that's for sure. Hey! There's a joke in there somewhere. Now, I've got a joke about, um, I've got a joke about <laughs> Van Gogh. I've done it on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, so I went into the pub yesterday, right? Yeah. I went in uh, and I saw Van Gogh sitting in the corner. Oh, yeah. And I said to him, Oi, Vincent, do you want a drink? And he said, No, thanks. I've got one ear. <laughs> hey. um, all right, uh. so uh, ought to be all ears. It's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm listening. Go on. I'm all ears, meaning I'm I'm listening to everything you're saying. Yeah. Can you imagine, Paul, if you were literally all ears? If you were just made constructed from ears, like every, you were just made of like. You'd probably a have ears. a massive headache. You would from hearing everything that's going on. Yeah, you'd be uh, like very good at listening. Well, that might be. Uh, I think that would have been a better film if Mel Gibson was made of all ears in that film, uh, What Women Want. Do you ever remember that film? Yeah, What Women Want, which is all about Mel Gibson learning about how to communicate with women. Yeah, and he could hear everything the women were thinking. But if he was made of all ears, that would have been a much better film. But he wouldn't be very attractive, would he, if he was made of all ears? No. He would be quite, quite hideous, really. There's some attractive ears out there. Yeah, like but not when all of the ears are joined together to create a human form. But it, if you look closely, it's sort of... It would be hideous. It would be disgusting. It's like every part of the body is made from an ear. You know, did you ever see that uh, f- that picture of a mouse? It, ha- it yes, was it like has involved an ear in on a the- genetic experiment and they, yeah. they grew an ear on the back of a mouse. Yeah. That was like half ear, that mouse. Yeah, that's I mean, imagine a creature that's made exclusively from ears. Ear Man. That's the yeah. next Marvel Studios film. We've yeah. just had Ant-Man. Yeah. The next one will be Ear Man. Ear Man. And, and where he can hit, like Ant-Man's very small, so he can go across everything and see things that you couldn't see. And Ear-Man would be the same thing, but he's just got amazing hearing. Yeah. And then people could say, oi, come here, man. And he'd be like, what, say it again? And then he just ejaculates. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come, then. Come here, uh, whatever. Um, this is degenerated, but we've done ten. It's, it has, it, we'd managed to do ten without much fanfare at the end. Um, and and so there we are. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, did you follow all of that episode? Now, um, I invite you to leave your responses at the end of this episode, uh, even if they're negative, okay? But just bear in mind, if you'd like to leave a negative review, that you just try and make it positive. And secondly, that you uh, 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 are aware that we will judge uh, the, the, the quality of the review, okay? So that's our, that's, that's, that's our choice. I've just, Paul, <laughs> at the end of this episode, quite un- an ending. Quite unintentionally, this episode has become, it, 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 it seems to have been dominated by this review. It was supposed to be mentioned just for a couple of minutes, like, because it was interesting because there was a language problem with it. But yeah. it's been like, it's underscored the entire episode with a certain sense of, Slight bitterness, bitterness, and I'm and fine anger. with it. You're more angry than I am. <laughs> I am. And she wasn't. It wasn't like she said. Oh, Luke Thompson was only it's funny. Because I wasn't even mentioned. I think that's what it was. <sighs> yeah, I, they say all press is good press. Yeah, don't they? 
Yeah, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, even even negative things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's, that's a lesson you should that's, learn. That's, that's that's promising. It's certainly. Continue, certainly promising. Uh, listeners. You should continue uh, with your dream. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast, I presume one of your dreams is to learn English fluently. So continue on that journey, whatever obstacles there might be. Even if you're listening to this podcast and the obstacle is there's a person in the, the metro or the underground playing mm-hmm. really loud music and you can't hear this, mm-hmm. that would be an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Push through that obstacle and reach your dream of speaking English uh, to the best of your ability and forget the people that say that you can't do it. Yeah, don't. I mean, Paul said push through that obstacle if it's, for example, a person playing loud music in front of you. Don't literally push through that obstacle. Oh, I think they should. That would be aggressive. You think you should just shove the guy? Just get the accordion out of the way. No one needs any more accordions in this world yeah, well, or, or guitar players in the, in the, in the public transport. Well, just see, push them out of the way. In some places, they, they love accordions. Like, for example, from a, tourists come from America here and they're like, oh, my God, an accordion player. That's so cute. Oh, my God, that's so quaint. Oh, my God. Um, There's so but, but, entertainment everywhere in Paris. What they don't realize is that these accordion guys are everywhere. And it's like, okay. They play much, the same song. Too much accordion, accordion overload. So maybe they need to redistribute the, the accordions around the world. I, I think that's, uh, yeah, like redistribution of wealth. They should just redistribute accordions. Right. That should be a yeah. good policy, uh, a policy, no, a, a good policy, policy from the next prime minister. Maybe the prime minister could make a speech and he could say, uh, according to uh, l- recent laws, uh, we've had to redistribute the accordions. And the journalist would say, sorry, can you say that again? Yeah, yeah, sure. According to uh, recent laws, and the journalist would say, Prime Minister, are you, are you trying to make a joke about the, the word accordion and the word according? And the Prime Minister would go, uh, no, 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 of course not. And the journalist would go, now, come on, yes, you are. Everyone, everyone noticed it. And the Prime Minister would say, all right, fair enough. Uh, I did try and make a joke. Um, sorry. Yeah. So all that to say is push through the accordion players that are... <laughs> That are your barriers to learning and listening to Luke's English podcast. Yep. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, you should share the Facebook page because uh, Luke is almost at 10,000 likes. Yeah. It's at 9,900 and something. 9,920, 9, I think. Yeah, in that region. So you should share that page because, uh, you know, starting from 10,000, Luke will start getting money from Facebook. He'll start getting paid. Oh, really? No. Oh, <laughs> Wow, you were getting really excited there. I was like, I'm actually going to get some money? No. Um, All right, okay. Well, there you go. All right, ladies and gents. So, in in conclusion, well, this is conclusion number two. I've already wrapped (laughs) it up. I think it's like the third (laughs) conclusion. Maybe the third time I've (laughs) attempted to end this episode. But in conclusion, uh, I would just like to say did you manage to get those 10 expressions? Let me just run them through you, run through them again with you. All's well that ends well. Which is a good way to end the podcast, but I'm not. You should have gone from there. ten to one. I'll, yeah, okay, I'll go from <laughs> ten to one. So we had to be all ears. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm all ears. For example, uh, oh, I suppose I'm going to have to go back to square one now. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, you know, are you are you are you concentrating? You're a bit away with the fairies today, aren't you? And and it's like, well, you know, I'm not surprised it happened. He was asking for trouble. And uh, oh, the, God, it's brilliant. I love the uh, cheese in these supermarkets. It's the cheapest chips. <laughs> cheese, I don't, it's a random example. Um, oh, well, cheese, you know, that's another kettle of fish, isn't it? You know, totally different uh, situation there. Uh, well, English like, cheese is another kettle of fish compared to French cheese. Yeah, it is. And English cheese, uh, well, it's still delicious. Um, oh, imagine if the, uh, imagine if, uh, the bread was as, uh, as, was as good as this in England. Yeah, and pigs will fly 
Hmm. Uh, and oh, there you go. Just go to the supermarket, get your bread, get your cheese, get a bit of butter. Bob's uh, your uncle. Bob's your uncle. You've got a nice uh, sandwich. Um, uh, you know, if you steal my cheese, then I will find you. I will hunt you down and I will steal your cheese, Paul. An eye Be- for an eye. Because an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And here we are now at the end of this episode. And it's been uh, quite a roller coaster ride of emotions, this one, for us anyway. We've gone from the peaks and highs of just being on the podcast um, to the uh, serious depths of considering issues like uh, how to deal with uh, negativity, uh, slave labour. Did we come across that? We did child slave labour specifically. Um, and and race-related violence. And But now here we are, Paul. I feel good now upon completing this episode because ultimately all's well that ends well, isn't it? Exactly. Okay. Thanks for listening to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. There'll be more stuff available to you uh, somehow in your ears, I'd imagine, soon. But for that, for now, it's time for me to say goodbye. So here it is. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Luke's English Podcast. What you're now going to hear is a few outtakes. What are outtakes? Well, these are when, uh, for example, a film is being made or a television program or maybe a a song in the studio or in this case, a podcast when that's being made and uh, mistakes happen. And so those mistakes are rejected or not included in the final recording. So you see outtakes at the end of movies sometimes, you know, comedy movies. You see the moments where the... uh, the actors get the lines wrong or they're all, they all laugh um, uncontrollably. Um, well, here are a few outtakes from this episode of Luke's English Podcast. What happened here is that sometimes at the beginning of episodes, I find it difficult to get the introduction right. And I start saying something and then I make a mistake and I have to start again. Or I start saying it and I'm, I realise that I'm talking too much and I'm not making any sense. For one reason or another, it's quite common for me to do false starts. Um, and uh, often I find lots of outtakes on my uh, memory card after recording an episode. So in this case, there are about six or seven outtakes, and I thought this time I'd put them at the end of the podcast episode just to give you a bit of a laugh. Okay, so that's what you're going to hear now, a few Luke's English podcast outtakes from episode number 285. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English podcast. This is it. The wait is over. I know that you've been basically spending the last four weeks glued to your computer or your mobile device. You've probably been sitting there thinking, what's going on? Where's Luke? Is he okay? What's happening? I, I've got to, I, I need some sign that the podcast is coming back. Well, this is it, everyone. Okay? You can, you can rest now. You can eat. You can, you know, drink water and everything like that. It's fine. Normal life has returned because here is another episode of Luke's English Podcast. I hope that you've been waiting for it. I hope so. Um, And uh, here it is. Now, what's going on in this episode? Well, it's a familiar... We're on familiar territory. Uh, I say familiar because the situation here is quite similar to um, uh, uh, the way in which I've recorded other episodes recently. What that means is that I'm joined by uh, Paul Taylor again, who's sitting to my left. Hello, Paul. Hi. Uh, interesting way to say hi there. <laughs> I know, that was a bit camp, wasn't it? it hi! Hiya! It's not normally that camp. Normally mm. it's just a bit normal. 
camp. We, we're going to have to come. Uh, yeah, well, back camp. To that, maybe camp. In, in, a funny story about camp, which I might save for later. Carry on with your introduction. That was it was I'll going let, well. I'll let you guess, everyone, what <laughs> camp actually means. But you know, when someone, I mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. How are you doing? I hope that... uh, (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. (laughs) What are you laughing at? (laughs) No, it's going to... Sorry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of... Why am I speaking like this? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of this award-winning podcast for learners of English which you know is called Luke's English Podcast. No, I don't like that. I've really got... Hello, everybody. Welcome to... No. No. (laughs) Hello, everyone. You talk... Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. How are you? I realise you can't actually respond to that, as I've already established in previous episodes. (laughs) Oh, Paul, don't laugh. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. Yes, it's time for another episode. Maybe you've been waiting by the computer all this time, sitting there, staring at the screen, just desperately hoping that a new episode would appear. Well, the the wait is up because here it is. Uh, We're rolling again and I'm recording another episode. I've been away for about a month. What have I been doing? Well, you know, just getting married and uh, dealing with all of that kind of thing. I'll be doing an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.